in the silence of the trophy room, where the echoes of past conquests resonate, we discover how to lead as men. It is not solely about the trophies we proudly display, but the courage to learn from defeats, humbly lead, and forge a legacy worth more than any physical accolade. Together, we'll discover how to lead from the trophy room. Hey, welcome back to Leading from the Trophy Room, episode number seven. Who's host today, Bo? You gonna be host? You are hosting today. All right, I'm your host, Jeremy White. And I am your co-host, Bo Mills. I love it, I love it. Hey, Bo, before we get started, what what does the hat mean? Pray for what ducks. What does the hat mean? Jeremy, I'm a duck hunter, uh, so I'm gonna give a little shout out to a company, Burley Boats, one of my new favorite companies. They make awesome manly shirts. Wait, wait, do they sponsor this? Burley Boat. So Burley Boat, reach out, sponsor a leader from the trophy room. My name is Bo, okay, Burley Boat. I got Come it. On, all right, all right, I whatever. Well, they came out with this hat, it's like just came out last week and I'm a duck hunter and I'm a pastor and it says pray for ducks. <laughs> and so you're about the fourth person that have asked me, what does this hat mean? Like, does it mean pray that ducks are coming I'm in? I'm just saying pray for the ducks because I'm going to shoot them in the face when they do okay, come in. Okay. So they need some prayer. So, and then they could be a trophy. Then they can be a trophy in our trophy room. Hey, we need trophies in our trophy room. We do room. need trophies in our trophy yep. room. We, uh, speaking of the trophy room and trophies, you can see about half the trophy. I don't mean to bring light to it uh the guy who runs jag our production guy runs he doesn't like that you can only see half it doesn't suit well with him but the reason you can is because we have a table in front of us oh man we have jeremy a table. why are we at a table now but we've never been we, at a table it's because we love feedback and some of the feedback that we've gotten from guys that listen to uh there are more than two guys that listen to to our podcast is that uh, there's they're, three <laughs> they're, they're tired of looking at our legs our shoes and our crotches okay so so, so we have a so bigger we, issue so we've got a table stop looking at our crotch <laughs> so so we've got a table and uh yeah so there there we go there we yeah. go so hey guys what are we doing we are leading from the trophy room uh, Bo, we talk about leadership. We talk about what it looks like to be a man. And today, parenting, we've talked about parenting, being a dad, coaching last time, yeah, being husband. Hey, today's episode is going to apply to all men. All right. So today's episode, we're going to talk about what it means to be great as a man. So this past Sunday, I was in the uh, at the Granberry, Stonewater Granberry after service. Uh, there was a man that came up to me. My wife brought him to me. She, she goes, I, I knew you would want to meet this guy, Jeremy. She introduced me to him. His name was Jim. Jim's 96 years old. 96. 96. He looked, he looked as, like, I, I would have thought the guy 60. Did he have hair? Uh, he had all kinds of <laughs> hair. Okay. He, but, but he had that look, just kind of that John Wayne, hmm. tough guy look. And, uh, I, 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 I asked him, I was like, Hey, so, so like, what's your story? Well, part of his story was he was learning how to fly a uh, a plane that would would be one of the bomber planes mm. during World War II. Wow. He was learning as soon as the bombs were dropped in Japan. Like that that that's where he was. And so he began to just share a little bit of his story, a little bit of life and and here he is, 96 years old. He's lived a lot of life. So but, did he end up flying the bombers? So he, so he wasn't one of the guys that flew the bombers, okay. but he was like one of the guys that would have been next in line. Wow. If we would have kept flying yeah. uh those those raids, he he would have been there. Wow. And but but as I talked to him, like I could just feel that I was around greatness. Like mm. there was, 
this was just a great man. Mm. Uh, you know, that generation is called mm. the greatest generation. And it got me thinking, uh, Bo, when we think about men being great, like what, what does it mean to be a guy that's or, or a man that's just great? It, it, any guys come to your mind that you're like, man, that's just, that guy's just, a, he's great. Like yeah. there's just another level. He's, he's more than just a good guy. Like he is, he's great. Yeah. I, there's a lot of men that come to mind. There's two in particular, my grandpa. So my mom's dad comes to mind. I grew up with him of him just pouring into me, giving to me, teaching me things, teaching me about life, showing me what it looks like to be a godly man. And then uh, ended up being my high school baseball coach, but I knew him since I was born. His name was Tom Buckley. So, Tom, if you listen oh, to wow. this, uh, you're a great man, and you're a man of influence in my life. He just um, – my dad was gone most of my life, you know, nine months out of the year because of baseball, professional baseball. And that man just really stepped in mm. and gave his time, gave um, – just walked with me through life. He – he rented a boat uh, for us uh, on the lake as I'm going into high school to have like that talk with me of like, mm. hey, this is what you're about to experience in high school and go through and remember that you're a man of God and a man of integrity. And this is how this is the trouble. Anyway, he's just a great man. And so wow. Tom Buckley and uh, my grandpa come to mind. But there's many guys in my life. And I think, Jeremy, you just saying that if if we're being honest with ourselves as men, I think we all strive or want to be great and yeah. want to be remembered as great. And we're really hard on ourselves as men. And so we always, I think we classify ourselves as failures every day because we fall short to what we idolize. Yeah. And so anyway. So, Bo, I think greatness is one of those things that we can recognize it in other men, but we're not exactly sure how to strive for it ourselves. That. Yeah. Yeah. So guys today, Bo and I want to talk about kind of three different qualities that we see in greatness. And, and let's just get this out of the way. Like, uh, first off, like in order to be a great man, like God's got to be involved in your life. Jesus has to be first and best in your life. Like that's, that's a given. But what we're, what we're talking about is like specific qualities or things that we see guys do that truly are great. So yeah. And what I'm excited for this episode is we recognize that not all men and most men didn't have that influence in their life mm. like they didn't have that man to look at to role model after i was fortunate enough to have that in my life to have my grandpa uh and i do want to you to think if you're listening to this right now i want you to think of the man in your life that you see as a great man mm. uh maybe it was when you were a kid and you only had a small experience with them or maybe it's now uh and and just just picture that man as we walk through this stuff and strive to be that man strive to so you might, so we recognize you haven't always had the role model. And really that's our heart and desire behind this podcast is to just be ourself yeah. and point to some great people in our life and ultimately point to Jesus. Yeah. So Bo, when I think about a great man, great men are givers and they're not takers. They're givers and they're not takers. What, what does that make you think of? Uh, so I, the two guys you asked me to, to think of, I talked about giving their time. Um, like he gave, Tom Buckley gave his time away from his family. He had three daughters uh, to pour into me, uh, if not daily, weekly, monthly. Took took the time to pick me up at four in the morning. Dri Funny story real fast. He took the time to pick me up at four in the morning. We drove to the lake, which is about a 35, 40-minute drive, and we get there about five o'clock in the morning. Well, the ramp to rent the boats, we didn't have a boat. We were renting a little John boat. It didn't open until 730 
And so we're like, crap, we're just sitting here. And I caught the biggest bass of my life sitting <laughs> on the shore waiting. So anyway, uh, Tom gave his time. Like he gave yeah. time to pour into me uh, to think about someone else. Um, and he rented the boat. Like he gave us money. Uh, so he gave money uh, to lead for an, uh, an example of an experience with me uh, with the boat and fishing and being able to talk into me. That's good. And then he, and then he gave his, his past. Like he got to reflect on himself with me and pour into, Hey, these are some areas where I went wrong in my life. Mm -hmm. And these are some areas that you might run into that I ran into in the high school. And he spoke into that. So he gave uh, his experiences to me so I could learn from him and not have to walk through them. Yeah. So I, I think of guys that are ready to, uh, to serve others instead of being served themselves. Uh, this morning, uh, one of the great men in my life right now is uh, Randy Weeks. You know mm -hmm. Randy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, I know Randy. I Ra love Randy. He is a uh, uh, you know Oklahoma boy that grew up great pastor mm -hmm. and uh, now retired, but he's not retired. Okay, usually a lot of times when you think retired, guys just uh, chase a golf ball or uh, just play for the rest of their life. Not Randy. So Randy's devoted his life to to giving his life away. Mm. So this morning on my way to work, uh, I said, I called Randy. I said, Hey Randy, what you been up to, man? He's like, man, I, I, I just got through giving away. Uh, I gave away 200 coats yesterday to these coats, coats like, like winter, <laughs> jackets. winter coats, jackets, uh, in Oklahoma. And, mm. uh, he said, uh, he said, that's, that's what I've been doing the last two days. I've, I've been giving away, giving away winter coats. Um, and I was like, man, how many guys that, you know, I, I don't know what Randy is. He's probably upper 60s. 65. 65. Probably, yeah. yeah, that uh, he's retired, and he's thinking of ways. He's looking for needs, and then he's looking for ways to address those or, or mm. to to give to those, whether, whether it be financially, whether it be uh, just blessing somebody. Um, you know, that's what. That's what great men do. Mm -hmm. They give. They give their time. They give their resources. Uh, they give attention. Um Think about giving it. Think about giving it attention, Bo. Yeah, and I know Randy loves to fish, and he lives on the lake. Randy could just get in his boat every day <laughs> and go catch catfish. He loves yeah. to jug for catfish. Yeah, but he doesn't. Uh -huh. He every morning almost he's sitting with a man at breakfast. He's blessing the waitress that comes and serves them. He's calling everybody in his phone to bless them with his time and talk with them and encourage them. And then obviously he's given resources. He's give, he gives cars away. Yeah. I mean, he has a nonprofit called why not bless mm. like that's his motto in life. Like why not? Why wouldn't I be giving my time right now? Why wouldn't I be giving to people? Uh, that's just God's lay that on his heart. And he is like you saying, Randy, he gives he's the ultimate giver. Yeah. So I, I think of great guys that see great men, they see a need. And instead of saying, Hey, somebody ought to do something about this. Like they do it themselves. What if I, so what if I'm a guy and I feel like I don't have much to give? Like, so you're telling me to give, but I'm the one that's like, Jeremy, I don't have much to give. Like I, what, what do I have anything to give? Like, well, how do I get, like, if I feel that way, if I'm sitting in my truck right now and I'm driving to Fort Worth, okay, it's 530 in the morning. I'm going to work for the seventh day in a row. I'm exhausted. Um, bills are stacking up. My kids need me, want, like, what do I have to give? Yeah, I would say just look for any kind of opportunity to give, like anything. It may be a word of encouragement to the person that pumped your gas or, mm -hmm. or uh, you, you know, when you go into the uh, convenience store. It may be an extra 
dollar on a tip that mm-hmm. uh, that that the waitress needs, or or an extra ten dollars mm-hmm. on that tip. But but you're just looking for ways to to be a giver and not a taker. Well, yeah. one more story. We were at, at Beast Feast a few weeks ago. It's a big man event that we had here at, at church, and you're giving away prizes. You remember you gave away a, a half a beef. Yep. And uh, the guy that we mm. gave that half a beef to. Yep. John West. Okay, John West. Uh, after after we gave it to him, I saw him out in the parking lot, and this dude looked at me it, it, like with humility in his eyes mm. and said, hey, uh, Jeremy, I, I've been a taker a lot in my life. I don't want to be a taker no more. I want to be a giver. A so story. so give give that beef to some people that need it. It's a great story. Like like that's 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 what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like he's taking a step into greatness mm. of saying, "Hey, it's not about me. It's not about getting. It's mm. about truly giving anything I can to so help he others." So came, he came and told me the same thing before he ran to you because he wasn't in the parking lot yet, and he like has tears in his eyes because mm. how blessed he feels because what God's done in his life, and he's telling me the same thing. And as he's telling me that, a man walks up and speaks into him mm. uh, because so that same guy. Uh, he's like, I don't know what he does for a living, some kind of route that he does in trucking or something. But he found out that this guy that he knows, his mom is in an old folks home and she just feels horrible because nobody comes and sees her. Nobody. So that guy uh, weekly, maybe daily, I don't want to get the story wrong, stops in with his truck, pulls up to the old folks home and he just spends time with her. Wow. Just He doesn't really know her. Yeah. Doesn't know but it has just and the guy who's speaking into him and telling him the story is saying that his mom now has a new life like she's happy she feels like somebody cares for her, feels like somebody sees her because he's given his time to stop in like that story blew me away the guy hardly knows her that guy john west you're incredible if you listen to this um that's a guy who even said he goes i don't have much i'm not sitting here saying i've but I've been blessed, and I'm tired mm. of taking it. I just want to be a giver. I'm that's, give a, that's a great man. It's awesome. It's a great that's man. That's a great man. Hey, what's another quality? That's good. What's another quality? Another quality. We want to be men that engage and not retreat. Okay. Uh, so I don't know what you had written down. On, yeah, yeah. On, I was thinking like engage and not es- like when not you, escape. Well, when that's you say good. retreat, like that's what we retreat to. We yeah. escape. Yeah. And so as I'm thinking through this, uh, Nowadays, so you said that generation of the man you use to open up this uh, is the generation of greatness. Is that what you call mm-hmm. them? The great generation? The, great, the greatest generation. The greatest generation. The greatest generation didn't have YouTube. Oh, no, they didn't. It didn't have Xbox. Mm-mm. It didn't have Facebook. Mm-mm. The greatest generation had to engage in people. Uh, they had to write letters. They had to share their feelings through the letters, through the people, to people. They couldn't get on Facebook and just write things, but not have the face-to-face contact. They couldn't go just sit in their room and shut their door and play a video game. Uh, And I'm not hating on the people who love video games. I'm not hating on the people that enjoy social media. But if you're using, what I'm seeing nowadays is men especially, uh, we're using those as a scapegoats to to exit the world and our troubles for a minute and dive into this. But that minute, if you look on your phone right now, your phone will tell you how much time you're spending on certain apps. And if you take out your phone and look at that right now, I guarantee you Facebook, YouTube, 
All this take up the majority of your time. Okay, so Bo, you you hurting me a little bit now. Okay, so as a man, like I work really, really hard. I I put in my time. At the end of the day, man, I need some me time. I, yeah. I don't want to be. I don't want to be with the kids. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't need my wife giving me fifty things to do. Like I, I just want to escape. Like like what are you telling me? I, I I can't escape and have my my me time. You can have your me time. You can get your me time. Uh, my so my me time looks like sitting in a deer blind every once in a while. Okay. Uh, but as I do that, I did that the other morning and you were texting me Bible verses. Remember I texted yeah, you back, yeah. like, how cool is this? I get to sit in a blind and worship God at the same time. Like it was super cool. That's the time I'm getting for my me time. But Jeremy, we're called to be leaders. Mm. Like, yeah, you are working hard and yes, you are, uh, dealing with your kid. That is your job. Like you're called as a man to be a leader of your household mm. and you don't, just come home every day. So I think I'm talking about the daily routine yeah. and the daily habits that you have developed to escape uh, certain boom. scenarios of your life. So you're hurting me. <laughs> you're hurting me because I do this. Okay. Yeah. Every guy does. I've got this chair. I've got this chair. It's like my escape. It's a lazy chair. boy. Dude, it's called a lazy it, it's, boy. It's, it's like my escape hatch. <laughs> when I sit in this chair, I can tune out everything and everybody you can be lazy man i'm telling you it's like my chair and it's my escape misty can be five feet from me but yet she could be a million miles away mm -hmm. because i'm escaping there and honestly to be just gut level honest part of it's just selfishness mm -hmm. of hey I, I don't want anybody to ask me to do anything else mm -hmm. uh i i'm tired of i'm tired of working i'm tired of but like when I think about my grandfather, who was a part of the greatest generation, he didn't do that. Like he was engaged in conversation with his grandkids. He was engaged in conversation. He used to call his brother on the phone once a day and just talk to his brother. Uh, like he was engaged in relationships. And, and yeah, that's it's convicting. And that's my confession mm -hmm. is that, uh, that I'm tempted to, to escape. Yeah. I think, uh, it's just a generational problem we have in today's era. You go to a, a restaurant and you see a family sitting there. 90% of the time, mm. the kids are going to be on a phone or an iPad and the parents are on their phone. Yeah. I mean, it's our faces are down. Mm -hmm. We're not even having conversation about our day. We're not asking the kids about school and what's going on. We're seeing bullying at an all-time high. We're seeing um, suicide at an all-time high. We're seeing depression at an all-time high. And there's a reason because we're not engaging. We're not having a relationship with people, uh, human beings. There's a show Alone. Mm -hmm. You ever seen the show Alone? Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, if you haven't watched that, you can watch it. It's a great show. They drop these people off in random places with nobody around. And they see how long they can stay out there. And the longest person to stay out there wins like a million dollars or something. A million dollars. A lot of money. I would, Like I sit here today and say I'll stay out there as long as possible for a million dollars. Some people don't even make it through the first night because of loneliness. Wow. Like they, when they're truly isolated and knowing that no one's going to come mm -hmm. uh, the next day or be around, they, their family, their kids, like isolation destroys us and we think it's like helping us or getting away another scapegoat uh these days are alcohol alcohol oh. and drugs we're seeing that Man, at the so, highest level too so alcohol is like a really big deal these mm -hmm. days I, I know it used to be more like a, a party thing like a fun thing uh, 
But it seems like today people are using it to medicate themselves more than ever. And they would never say that, Mm -hmm. but it's the thing that they run to to get through the day. Well, and it's become so recreational. Everything anybody does has a beer involved or a drink involved. You're playing golf. It's involved. You're hanging out with friends. It's involved. You're going over for a sporting event. It's involved. It's in everything. I mean, outside of the work, it's everything. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just become a habit where people just pick up a drink. And I, like you said, I don't think they even realize what they're doing to themselves. Yeah. They're creating this alter ego. They're creating this, uh, I have to have this to be liked. I have to have this, uh, to be fun, to have courage. And, yeah. And I have to have this to forget about some of my problems in life. It makes me feel better. That's all the lies that they believe about themselves. And all they're really doing is just escaping. Yeah. They're not fixing. They're not getting better. They're just escaping. So recently I've talked to some guys that, um, uh, their spouse has come out of alcoholism. And, uh, one of the things that they said is after my spouse came out of that, like we connected, like we've never connected before. Right. And that's exactly what we're talking about because, uh, before they were escaping, but now they're engaging in relationships. Yeah, so, hey, but we need to go on to the last one. What's what? the last one, Jerry? All right. So the last one is that great men take risk, and uh, they they don't uh, they don't just stay in their comfort zone. They don't stay. In their, so what's the difference of uh, like when we talk about comfort zone? Is that the same thing as escaping, or like what's comfort and so, what's a risk? So so think of comfort like uh, it's a. It, it, it's it's a place where you're safe, okay? It's a it's a it's pl- your lazy boy. It's, it's not it's not your lazy okay, boy. It's, that's your it's your it's your regular routine. There you go. It's your regular. It's your uh, it's your regular. You ever go to uh, same restaurant or the same thing all the time? Don't go outside the box. Don't go out. Like, but, just- but hey, but every once in a while, you take a risk. Mm. Uh, sometimes it pays off. Sometimes so, it so you had, so do you like sushi? I love sushi. I bet there was a day that you had to take a risk and try sushi. When right. when did you? How old were you? Oh man, I can't. I love sushi though. Uh, the risk was probably when I went from like. Uh, the California roll, which is just like your faux oh, crab yeah. and to like raw fish and eel. That was probably the risk that I took. I was like, okay, I'm going to get outside the fried, the cooked sushi yeah. and go into the real stuff. And now you're really enjoying it. I love it. it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. So so there's there's that moment that we all have that says, okay, I've got to get outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, and great men, if you go back and look, there's some kind of defining moment in their life where they chose to get outside their comfort zone and they, they got outside their comfort zone and they signed up to be a part of the military to go bomb (laughs) other countries. I I look right now in the world right now and look at all the men that are, are, are making their way to Israel. Mm. Uh, You're even seeing people in Israel right now, sign up to be a part of the IDF that, that never, that had opted out of it earlier. Mm. Why? Well, they, they see something worth fighting for and they see this opportunity and they're taking a risk. Well, as men, there are opportunities in front of us all the time and we can stay in our comfort zone and be average or we can take a risk and let that be a defining moment in our life. And it changes everything. Yeah. And and knowing that it's OK to fail sometimes, oh, heck yeah. like and some of the best victories come in failure. Uh, so I think about great men. Jeremy, you've been a great man in my life. Uh, we've shared this story on the podcast before of you running out to the parking lot 
uh, when we first met each other and you said, Hey, are you serious about this? And if you are, let's meet. And you took the risk. Like you mm -hmm. took the risk of what's cool about having this as the last one that we're going to go over is it sums up everything that's involved in taking a risk, like taking a risk. You've got to give, mm -hmm. you, you gave your time, uh, to, you have to engage, you engaged in me, you engaged in on a Thursday night meeting up, uh, but you took a risk and through that risk, you've helped me. You've shown me what it's like to walk as a godly man. You've, um, you've been an example to me. You've poured in, in times of my life, all because you took a risk, got outside of, uh, your normal comfort zone or the normal people you engage with and you engage with someone else. So, yeah. So, Bo, I kind of think of it like this, uh, a phrase I use for life is, uh, I want to do what's right and trust God with the results. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just called to do what's right. I'm just called if, if there's a risk that I need to take, I'm going to do it and I'm going to trust God with the results. If it's uh if it's failure, Hey, that's what God's going to use that failure, failure to grow something in me. If it's uh, success, well then praise God. Uh, I was at a um, man event this past weekend and it was incredible. Cleburne campus. They were at, actually out at, at the ranch and, and uh, I was in a group and, and uh, one of the men got real vulnerable in the group and, and we were sharing strengths. And he says, hey, I, I think I may have the gift of healing. He goes, I pray for people and they get healed. He said, but I'm sometimes afraid to pray for people because I'm afraid that they may not get healed. Hmm. I looked at him and I was like, dude, even if you're three for 10, I want you to pray for me. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Like, uh, like, just go for it hmm. because take that risk. You never know what God's going to do. That's awesome. Yeah. Man, I appreciate you. You know that we started this podcast to just be ourselves. Every time before we record, I look at Jeremy and said, "Hey, remember we're just being ourselves on here." And who you're Are seeing? Are you sure people listen to this? I don't know. No one comment. Can you comment? We don't get to see everybody. Comment below uh, if you listen, guys. We want to be great men. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I long to be a great man. Like I, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a great husband. I want to mm -hmm. be a great father. And I just want to be a great man. Um, and it starts with being a great man of God and then everything falls underneath. Yeah. That. And guys, it doesn't, it, it's not too late. Mm -hmm. I know there's some guys that are listening and Hey, you're, you're my age. I'll turn 50 this year. 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn 50. And you may be thinking, Hey, am I, is it, is it, is it past me? Um, is greatness past me? No, you're ne it's never too late. Uh, dad, if you're listening, it's, mm -hmm. it's never too late. You know, grandpas that are out there, it's never too late. Like my, our challenge for you is is the same challenge for us is is that we would engage, that we wouldn't escape, that uh, that we would be givers, not takers, and that we really would take some risk. That's good. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Episode seven, leading from the trophy room. We'll see you next time. Yeah.